Welcome to the Wisconsin Football Coaches Podcast with your hosts, Tom Swiddle, Tom Yashinsky, and Paul Navinsky. Now let's join the guys. Hello and welcome to Episode 8 of the Wisconsin Football Coaches Association Podcast. I'm Tom Swiddle, Head Football Coach at Wauwatosa East and past President of the WFCA. I am joined by my co-host, Paul Levinsky, former coach at Mosinee and a WFCA Hall of Famer. Paul, belated happy Easter to you, and I hope you're enjoying the same weather up north that I'm enjoying here in southeast Wisconsin. Tom, I can safely say it's not snowing, and we only have snow banks left, which is very oh, wow. Yeah, it, it is yeah. going fast, which well, oh, I do have bad news. They're talking oh. snow Sunday night. Well, of course. Why wouldn't they be talking that? So this is the first podcast we've had, listeners, in which uh, um, Paul isn't directly involved in a snowstorm of some sort. Now, Paul, we did a very successful and enjoyable podcast uh, that you and I did at the clinic. It was way more, more laid back than other podcasts we've done, but informative all the same. Today, we're going to talk about girls flag football, a sport that is gaining momentum in the state. Our guest today um, will help us explore this topic, and those guests are Ryan Fensel, Football Outreach Manager for the Green Bay Packers, and Tom Shafransky, Assistant Director of the WIAA. Ryan, I'll start with you. Thank us for joining us. Thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for, for having me. Really excited to uh, to talk a little about, about um, the event that, that we had, our Girls Flag Open on April 1st, and, and Girls Flag Football here in Wisconsin. And Tom, we're certainly keeping you busy. Um, you have been on with us plenty discussing all kinds of things. Um, thank you for joining us once again. Hey, you're welcome, Tom. It has been a busy off season, hasn't it? But uh, a lot is getting accomplished and uh, we're really glad to be uh, here and just be able to uh, provide some insights with the girls flag football. Ryan, I, I first became aware of girls flag football in 2019 when you, Wade LaBecky, uh, Dan Brunner and myself had a meeting in which we discussed it. Of course, that was pre-COVID, which slowed everything down. But give us the background of what led up to that discussion back in 2019. Yeah, prior to prior to the pandemic, uh, the NFL was was really starting to uh, begin its its emphasis on girls' flag football and making having girls uh, playing football. Uh, you know. What, what they have found and the reason for the big push at of, of girls flag football is the participation in the sport leads to more is more likely to lead to being a fan of the sport. Um, so we have, um, you know, many, many of these young girls who, uh, you know, they play different sports or maybe some of these girls don't play any sports at all, but have interest in football. And, uh, you know, we wanted to try and get the ball rolling on having girls flag football become a, a high school sport here in Wisconsin. Um, you know, since that time, like you had mentioned, the the pandemic kind of slowed things down a little bit on us, uh, unfortunately, as it did with, with a lot of things. But, uh, you, you know, we're happy to, that we were able to kind of pick things up and finally get the ball rolling again, because at the end of the day, we want to provide this this opportunity for, for girls to have the option to play flag football in high school. And Tom, uh, you know, of course, anytime there's a push for a new sport, the WIA has to get involved. 
Um, what are the things the WIAA is interested in when you look at a new sport? Well, that's a really good question, Tom. Uh, you know, we've had uh, a, a couple of new sports just in the last two years, girls wrestling and uh, uh, girls and boys lacrosse uh, come into play for us. The, the, the elements that primarily are involved are our local administrators and their involvement, along with the school boards, approving of those programs at the local level. Uh, keep in mind, our membership is uh, a membership of school administrators. And what happens with that is they are the ones who have to bring that forward. They're the ones that folks are going to have to talk with at the local level. And, and I always, in talking about this, the first thing that I always talk about is have patience with them when you do this. You have to keep in mind school administrators truly are getting pushed in a lot of different directions uh, when it comes to new programming. And we can talk about that uh, later in a little more depth if you'd like to. But it, it takes some time in order to get all of these, uh, all, all the pieces in place so that programs like Girls Flag Football can have a successful start and really then have a, a, a long-term uh, life to it uh, and, and really works out well for those who get involved. Ryan, go ahead, Paul. Well, obviously, I've done a little research on this, and I did not realize this, Ryan, but there actually were some middle school teams that were doing co-ed flag football in the state like way back in 2019. Uh, did you, were you aware of that? Uh, there's, we know there's various, uh, flag football organizations, whether that's at the, the youth level, the high school level, a lot of it, uh, on our side, the numbers that we get are for NFL flag leagues. Um, so in, uh, you know, Tom, after I talked to you this morning, I, I'm not even joking. I received a call from a mom, um, who had heard about our girls flag open and talked about her daughter and how she's in sixth grade. And after she's she's been she was playing uh flag football with the boys at the middle school level she's in sixth grade and now that the boys are starting to transition to tackle flag football for her is is going away she's no longer playing it and there's she's no longer able to play it but she wants to play it and i literally said to this mom she's a she's from the west of your area i'm like Man, i wish i could have recorded this conversation because you could be just the the spokesperson of a as a parent of uh, you know, why this is important and, and what we're trying to do here. So, uh, but yeah, to get back to your question, Paul, yes, we, we did know that, you know, that there are, there's different uh, co-ed uh, flag leagues. We also, this past year, we hosted a NFL flag tournament um, and, you know, we had various levels of, uh, of kids participating from uh, basically from seven all the way up to uh, 14. Yeah, right. I saw that. I saw some video from it. Uh, was there a skill development thing with it? And then you played um, with it? With, with the uh, NFL flag tournament? Yes. Yep. So uh, what we did last year, this was the first year we had hosted this this event. Um, and it's it's part of, it's uh, actually run by RCX. They're the, the reigning champs. They're the ones that actually uh, coordinate NFL flag and the regional tournaments and the NFL flag championships. Uh, but we did start the tournament off with the, the Friday night before we had a skills challenge out on the field in Titletown. And then the following day was when the actual tournament took place. Uh, so we had 
Uh, we ended up with around 50 teams through all the uh, northern, mid-central of the uh, part of part of the country, uh, and they all traveled here. And the, their goal was if they were able to win their division, then they would then advance on to the NFL Flag Championships, which was at the Pro Bowl uh, earlier this year. So we're actually we're going to be running our second NFL Flag Regional Tournament again uh, this summer on June 16th with an, another kickoff event with a skills challenge and. Uh, all kinds of fun activities the the night before on the 16th. And, and Ryan, explain how somebody gets involved in that. Yeah, actually, uh, registration for that event, if you go on nflflag.com and click on their events in, in the regional tournaments, there's, a, there's one just for the Packers, and teams can go on and register. And the thing that we're, we're doing uh, as an organization, there's a cap to a number of 65 teams, and normally there's a registration fee of, I believe it's $375, but the Packers are going to be uh, picking up that uh, that bill for all of our teams who sign up and come to uh, actually compete in the event on June 16th. So uh, they just, like I said, they go on to uh, NFLflag.com and there's, there's a, a range of divisions. And this year, actually, they added, so there's the highest division for girls is, is 17U. So they then opened it up to girls scholastic teams like the ones that competed in our event uh here on april 1st they're now eligible uh, to actually compete in that tournament so following our event on the first i reached out to all the uh all of our teams and said hey if if the girls had a good time which i'm, I'm sure they did we got another one for them if they're if they want to come and compete at it back in the uh, the don hudson center uh, ryan you had uh 35 schools that reached out to you uh, in regards to participating in the Jamboree. Um, and we'll find out shortly from, from Tom, um, you know, the number of schools that have to um, request uh, and follow through on some things in order to be recognized as a varsity sport and being eligible for the tournament. But, um, you know, 35 schools. I, when I heard that, I thought, my gosh, that's a large number of schools showing interest in girls flag football. What was your reaction to the number of, of teams that that contacted you? Yeah, you know, I was I was really excited with that number. Having never done the event before, so what I did was I I uh, used uh, my list of athletic directors that I that I got from uh, the WIAA um, and reached out to every single athletic director, gave them you know a, a rundown of what the event was was going to be about, our goals behind it, and you know about providing this this unique Packers experience, providing this opportunity to for their girls, and then basically had them if they were interested in throwing their names in the hat. Had them fill out a form so that they were entered to be uh, drawn, and then we we drew uh, ten of the teams uh, to come and compete in the event. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I think for for never having done it, for never having any kind of evidence or photos or any kind of video from something like that to get thirty five overall, I was pleased. And, and to me, that that shows that there is that there's that underlying interest, and there's that you know that unknown of hey, our girls have never done this We've, it's never been done at this at this level in our state but we want to try it we want to be involved with it and and let our girls have this experience so um you know i'm confident you know that this moving forward our girls flag open which was the name of our event that we had on uh, april 1st 
I'm confident that now that it's an annual event and, and it's been done before and, and people can see the photos of the girls and the smiles, that that number is, is going to grow, grow uh, quite a bit for those who want to throw their, their names in the hat and, and uh, possibly be a part of it next year. Paul? Uh, my question's uh, to Tom. Uh, you know, maybe you and Ryan know this. I know Tom Swiddle knows this, but during homecoming, I cannot tell you the number of festivities where it's called a powder puff game. And, and usually the stadium is packed. We've had, when I coached, we had to move it at night because there were so many people that wanted to come and see it. So obviously there's a lot of interest, but how, how does this become a, a WI sport or even a pilot or some consideration? What is the, what is the process? Well, the, with any new sport, the uh, interested parties are going to have to talk with their local school administrators. This is something that is going to uh, programs will get started at the local level based upon interest by ultimately the school boards. It probably is a program that is going to have to go to the school boards for approval uh, in consideration with all of the other uh, interested programs that each school district has coming up. Uh, if uh, school administrators gain that approval, they can then begin to contact our office. Uh, we need to have at least 5% of our membership or about 26 schools indicate to us that uh, they have interest in a sport in order for us to identify it as a, a recognized and regulated activity. And that means that we'll start to monitor it and uh, uh, try to find out just how much interest there is statewide, how it can get organized. Uh, you know, if there are conferences, things like that, that would go on with it. And, and then we would need at least 10% or about 52 schools in order for our, our board to consider a, uh, a tournament uh, for, for uh, flag football in this particular case. Well, Tom, we're already at 35. We don't have much to go. <laughs> no, and, and I know well, there's just more obstacles well, than yeah. <laughs> what I made it very simple right there. But, uh, you know, the fact that we had 35 and, and you know, 52 would be the magic number, um, that's very promising. Well, the, the reality of it, Tom and Paul and Ryan, is we haven't had anyone contact us here at our office yet. So we haven't had any school administrators come forward. Uh, and obviously, one of the questions that develops out of that is whether or not uh, you can have a lot of people who identify their programs as school programs, but whether or not they have actually been approved by their school administration and more importantly, their board of education as a school program uh, remains to be seen. Obviously, we are hopeful that those things can begin to take place uh, and perhaps with additional recognition, uh, like what Ryan's doing, uh, those that's exactly what will happen. We would love to see things like this develop, especially for the girls and, uh, and then start to hear from school administrators. Paul? Yeah, Tom, you've been very clear on this and I want to make sure our listeners understand this. This is a local thing that can develop into a statewide thing that people need to recognize. Are we, obviously, I don't know if it's been discussed, but we're thinking the fall season, much like all the other football seasons, correct, Tom? Don't know. Uh, Paul, great question. Uh, one that is definitely up for grabs. Uh, we would, we probably, once interest uh, would be brought to our attention, we probably would start to survey uh, schools and, and some of the programs where there's interest around the state as to what season would work best for them. Uh, obviously, there are a lot of things, uh, especially in this case, you know, facility availability. Uh, 
at those schools. And with lacrosse coming in at some of our schools now uh, with the next year, uh, soccer being there and, and some of those facilities getting double and triple use, uh, we want to get a feel for what's going to work out best. We also try to identify uh, what when are the majority of girls going to be available so that numbers aren't being taxed on uh, with flag football in this case, or with some of the other sports, where where will it work best? There, we really do a lot of review and examination with our member schools before determining how we think it's best to proceed. And that's certainly the, the right approach. You don't want to start something and set it up for failure because of some snafu with facilities or, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, I know that originally when we discussed this back in 2019, Ryan, we kind of thought it would be best slotted in the spring for, for various reasons. But uh, you're much more aware of what's going around uh, around the country in terms of this because other states already have it. Um, to your knowledge, Ryan, when when do the other states do the girls flag football? Yeah, you know, to my knowledge, so... At our at our annual meetings, we, we saw a graphic where I, I believe currently eight states in the country have girls flag as a, as a sanctioned high school sport. Um, I want to say more more of them might have it in the fall, but I, I don't have the exact numbers on that. Um, but but to your point, Tom, when we when we talked about it to us, it, it did make sense in the, in the spring. Uh, you know, did, depending on what other sports were taking place in the fall and. You know, the with girls flag football, it's the the goal would never be to take away from other sports. Um, the goal the goal is more to give the opportunity to those who want to play it. You know, whether you know you you'd hate to have a girl uh, try and decide, oh, do I you know I really want to play football, but I also want to be in track or soccer or volley. You know, what any other sport. Um, and and you don't want it to become a competition where you can only go out for one. Um, so it's a, it's a matter of finding that balance of what works well. Uh, and and you know to to Tom's point, it needs to be something that you know schools are involved with and are fully behind. At the Packers, we can we can definitely help to you know get the ball rolling with some of these things. We're able to 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 provide these great experiences like the one that we had here. But at the end of the day, for for a league to take place, it will ultimately, you know, be up to the schools to keep it running because we're whether it's grant funding or coaching clinics, we can we can provide all these additional, uh, you know, resources. Uh, but there has to be that that buy in from the teams to to actually run it and, uh, you know, figure out the coaching and the transportation, the facilities, all that uh, that goes on behind the scenes that a lot of people you know don't really think about sometimes, um, and we understand that. We know that that's that's obviously the biggest you know one of the biggest obstacles to making this happen. Uh, but you know it, it's something that that we would love to, as an organization, help out as best we can and make sure that girls are provided with with the opportunity to to play. In as I mentioned earlier, I mean some girls. They maybe they only play a fall sport and they don't have a spring sport that they're interested in. And this would be something where they're like, hey, I could do this in the spring and then I can still play my my sport in the fall. Or even even us, our, our boys coaches who coach in the fall, you know, obviously they have a lot of knowledge in football. This would give them 
another opportunity to then coach in the spring uh, with, with football. So a lot of things that would need to be ironed out and figured out, but uh, we're excited about the, the prospect of having this, you know, come to be. And this is a, a comment that I would like both Tom and Ryan to respond to. You know, we're talking about girls having the opportunity to, to play uh, football. Um, but I also see, and it's something, Ryan, you kind of mentioned when you talked about coaches, this is an opportunity for uh, female coaches to get involved in, in football. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on that, uh, Tom and Ryan? Um, you know, getting a whole nother segment of the population who has the uh, opportunity to coach the great sport of football. Tom, we'll start with you. Sure thing. Tom, it's a great question again. Uh, very exciting. Uh, we are seeing, uh, obviously, we've had a couple of female NFL officials or uh, NFL coaches and officials, uh, by the way, uh, uh, become highlighted uh, in recent years as far as coaches are concerned. And uh, participation in high school, uh, believe it or not, we usually end up with about 80 plus girls. Uh, throughout the state to uh, participate in football currently, uh, in tackle football. So anything that we can do to help promote and encourage those things, uh, we are 100% behind that. That's one of the reasons why we love this element, uh, is just getting girls and of, of all skill levels and, and uh, bringing it to the attention of so many people uh, that you can be successful playing this sport, uh, and perhaps it can lead to uh, further participation on their part, including uh, on uh, tackle football teams at their schools. But uh, we we certainly welcome this and, and want to see uh, more female coaches. And one of the ways of doing that is getting more female participation at an early age. That way they can learn and develop their coaching skills, uh, even, even as they're in high school. Ryan, is this a particular... Um, pushed by the NFL to get more women into coaching, a way of doing that through flag football? Absolutely. Having having women be a part of coaching um, and, and being involved in in all areas of the sport is is always something that is is being emphasized and, and highly encouraged. You know, from, from our event on April 1st, I was fortunate to meet several of female coaches who, you know, had their teams ready and they were fired up. I was hearing from them as soon as I sent out the the initial email uh, to all of our athletic directors receiving calls saying, hey, this is, we, I've been waiting for something like this. This is so great. Can't believe it, that we're getting the ball rolling with this and and this is happening in Wisconsin. So um, to then to then be able to, to meet them at our event, we had, uh, we also had Phoebe Schechter here, who was a former uh, Buffalo Bills assistant tight end coach. She's also a global flag football ambassador. And uh, our teams were able to hear from Phoebe and her path. She actually played professional football over uh, and was a captain for the great uh, Britain women's team. Uh, and, and to be able to have someone like that in the room with all these girls and to to see everyone was locked in uh, on what she had to say because you know some of these women right now where we're at, a lot of these women are, are true trailblazers trailblazers of the sport both on the on the women's flag side as well as the men's tackle side uh and, and they're they're continuing to to push the sport to new boundaries and it's really exciting to see it all 
you know, we're kind of, like I said, we're at the forefront of it right now. And it's, it has been going on. There's been coaches and officials for several years now, but I think it's really starting to, to gain some even more traction. And that's great to see. Paul. Yeah, I, I think you're right, Ryan and Tom, both. I just happened to be catching a news um, article about the Sun Prairie West coach. She actually coaches the boys team in the fall and was coaching the, the head coach of the girls team. So this is an opportunity to develop far more leadership in females and role models. And I think this is such a successful a good start to developing more participation and developing more role models and leaders in our schools. Ryan, um, you spoke about the jamboree, but I'm thinking that you know most of our listeners are trying to, to picture in their mind what that day looked like. Why don't you go through? I mean, what a tremendous day that you had set up for the participants in the jamboree. Just go through some of the things that that they did that day. And, you know, once people hear this, you're going to have way more than 35 teams asking to participate in it next year. Yeah, we were, like I said, we were really excited to be able to, to provide this experience. Uh, so, as I mentioned, the day started off the, the our 10 teams got to hear from uh, Phoebe Schechter, former Buffalo Bills uh, assistant tight ends coach down in the Lambeau Field atrium. After that, our teams then got to go through the Packers Hall of Fame, got to do a stadium tour. Then we came back, we uh, had lunch for the girls. During that lunchtime, we had a uh, Q&A panel that was led by uh, female Packers employees uh, where, where all of our girls were able to hear from some of the Packer employees, female employees about how they, you know, they started at their level playing different sports and, you know, their path to becoming uh, members of our, our uh, professional football organization here. And just learning about, you know, all the things that inspired them and things that, you know, words of advice that that our, our great um, female staff members were able to communicate to them. After lunch, after that panel, then we, we went across the street to uh, the Don Hudson Center, our indoor practice facility. And once inside, we had our team skills challenge. So for that, uh, team selected girls to compete in our fastest girl competition, which was 40-yard uh, dash races. Then we had a longest throw competition, and we also had a team relay race, which was a uh, a full 100-yard uh, team relay with various physical, you know, obstacles and things that they needed to go through, and, uh, and to compete in the fastest team won. And then after we had our awards handed out, then we got our teams. The the uh, Don Hudson Center was divided into three fields, and we had three fields going on at, at one time, and each of our ten teams got to play three exhibition. Um, style games against uh, their opponents. And, and uh, at, at the end of it, like I said earlier, there were throughout the whole experience, there were a lot of smiles. And the other thing I do want to mention is as soon as we walked in from lunch, walked into the Don Hudson Center, there were more, there, there were a ton of spectators there to, to see it. Probably uh, more, uh, I won't get into exactly how many more, but definitely more than we've seen for some of our boys events as well, which, you know, to me, just shows the excitement and it shows, you know, what what this could provide both for the players and for the, you know, the communities and the fans who can get behind these girls and, and cheer them on. So it was it was really a, a fun event. And uh, that was kind of and after each team played their their three games, you know, we wished 
Uh, everyone safe travels back, and that was the end. We didn't have a it was it was a jamboree style. It wasn't we didn't have any kind of a, a tournament, but that might be something that we look to in the future of having a tournament because we did end up with uh, two of our teams being undefeated, and I think they wanted to uh, to try and find a way to settle that to see which one was the, <laughs> was the best. So it I'm was, sure uh, they did. Yeah, something to look into in the future. Paul, yeah, Ryan, you did an excellent job describing it, but. For our listening audience, go out and look at the videos. I don't know who took them. There were a ton of videos on YouTube, out there, Twitter. You need to go look at it because it was it was a packed house. There was a lot of excitement. And I really think there's going to be a lot of excitement. Ryan, my question I have for you is, if I'm a, a local person, maybe not a teacher or whatever, if I'm looking to get interested, are there grants available? Is there somebody they can contact? Is there something they can do either with the NFL or with the yeah, so right now, I think where we are at with, with this whole thing is really in its infancy. So they can definitely reach out to me um, because what I'm going to be doing now is I'm going to be following up with all those athletic directors again, sharing the you know those videos, those photos of everything that took place. And then our, our goal then is the next spring, the spring of 2024, uh, we would like to... Uh, develop a pilot league in in one of the in a region in the state whether that's in the green bay area or Milwaukee or madison or eau claire and be able to help get that pilot league off the ground again it's going to be the same like i mentioned earlier it's going to take buy-in from the schools to to be the ones who are orchestrating the facilities and orchestrating the you know the officials and all the all the behind the scenes behind the scenes things but there's going to be ways that we as packers can help with those potential grant opportunities, providing, you know, uniforms. Uh, we have several of our, our partner organizations like USA Football have, took, you know, reached out saying that they'd be willing to have coaching clinics for girls flag coaches. Um, so we, there's definitely things that we can provide. We can also, you know, we have several different templates of things that other states have used and have been successful that can be used as kind of a, the groundwork that, that, you know, administrators and coaches can work off of to, to get the things started and then they can, you know, kind of tweak it and change it how they want for Wisconsin and, and their, their pilot league or whatever it may look like. Um, but it's not something where we just want to be like, Hey, we want to do this and good luck. It's something where we want to help and we want to get, get it off the ground and help sustain it. Because at the end of the day, it's great to, you know, have these, have a flash in the pan thing. Um, but we need this to have some longevity and, and something that, that we can get behind um, and continue to support over the years. It's not going to be something where it's going to go away. We want this to be a long-term um, thing. And just looking at like our girls flag open, that event is going to be an annual event for something that we're going to do it every year. Uh, it'll change a little bit here and there. Like I said, we might incorporate a, a tournament into it at the end, rather than just the uh, Jamboree style and have a, have a winner. But um you know, we're just we're excited to to get and, and to see the interest. So when I do reach out to those athletic directors, it's going to come with a survey as well to you know have some of these same questions. You know, are you is this something of interest? You know, would your area be interested potentially in a pilot league in the spring? What can we as the Packers do to help? And you know, I'll help obviously provide uh, some of the things that come to mind. But uh, but yeah, just knowing that that interest is there, and uh, we're we're happy to to help fuel that fire and, and make this thing really grow. Paul? 
my question's directed to Tom. Tom, I did a little research. Currently, there's no division NCA Division three, two, or one official teams. However, I did call a bunch of universities, and their intramural leagues are kind of chomping at the bit to get going officially because we all know that the NFL has a lot of resources, but so does the NCAA. And it sounds like these universities are looking to, to start pursuing this option also. Yeah, uncertain about what's happening at the university level, uh, Paul. The, you know, the, it, there's, there's a couple of levels here uh, with, with Ryan's involvement and the Packers' involvement this way. Uh, obviously, that would be identified as a non-school program that would be taking place, which is just fine uh, for things to go. At the school level, when you start uh, discussing about options there, yeah, the club level uh, through the schools is probably where some of these programs that currently exist might be at. Uh, they they aren't identified obviously as athletic programs for them, but could be part of their extracurricular activities that they provide, and that would be an option for growing the sport at each of those schools as well. Prior to it becoming, at some point in the future, uh, a an athletic program for them, and in hopes a WIA program at some point where we would be able to sponsor a state championship for them as well. And Tom, you've already touched on some of this, but just to sort of reiterate some of the things that that you said prior, and, and I, I termed it when we talked prior to the podcast as hurdles uh, for girls flag football. So if if you were to, you know, write a blueprint, you know, I am a listener and I'm very interested in trying to pursue this as a sport at my school. Um, what are some of the steps that 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 have to happen? in order for the WIAA to do all the things that you would like to do for girls flag football? The, the first two things, uh, Tom, are number one, patience. Just be patient uh, with people. These things do take time. Uh, and your first step is to talk with your school administrators, your athletic director. Uh, Ryan's contacting them. They're becoming more and more familiar with it uh, and, and uh, with flag football in this particular case. Uh, but talk with them and you can talk with your principal and you can talk with your superintendent about these uh, about the idea and uh, see if they if this is something that can develop as a program within each of your schools. That's that's the way that uh, you start to do that. There, there certainly are other eligibility issues, Tom, that you and I talked about before. You know, a lot of times what happens uh, with non-school programs is it will be students from a couple of schools that might get together uh, and, and be part of it. And as you get to a school program, now you're starting to isolate that to your the full-time students who are eligible at your school. Uh, and obviously, yes, there are academic standards then that come into play. Uh, there are going to be behavioral standards uh, that come into play as well uh, with each school having their own activity or athletic code uh, that has to be followed. It's issues like this that uh, just have to start to get organized within each of the schools as uh, a school program comes to be. And Ryan, uh, one last question for you. Um, so this has been inspired by, by the NFL. Um, they would love to see it in uh, girls flag football in every state, but certainly, as you said to me prior to the podcast, the, the NFL would love to see girls flag football in the states that have an NFL team. Um, what is the end game for the NFL? If, if you know, 
obviously they're trying to create opportunities and all of that, but, but, you know, what is the end game besides that for the NFL? Yeah. Like, like you said, uh, you know, first and foremost is to provide that opportunity for, for girls. Um, and then, you know, secondly is, is, is what I had mentioned earlier, you know, having, having girls participate in the sport makes them more likely that they are going to, uh, be fans of the sport. It makes it more likely that uh, they will grow up and someday uh, be mothers, and and more likely that they'll allow their kids to play the sport um, because they they firsthand were able to experience. Now, granted, flag and tackle are, are different games. However, that that team aspect and and the the strategies and the parts of it are very similar. Um, you know, from tackle and flag. Uh, but they're going to be more likely that, that they're going to have their kids play this sport as well and, and get to experience those same experiences that they got to experience and continue to grow the game. You know, we, we've for years, you know, it's been kind of a roller coaster as far as participation goes in, in football at the youth and the high school and, uh, you know, at those levels. Uh, but we want it, we want things to trend in, in a positive direction. Um, and continue to, to I mean, you're, it's very possible that this is NFL or flight football is going to be an Olympic sport not too long. Uh, so this, you know, flight football in itself is continuing to grow at a rapid pace. Um, so this is one of these avenues where we're able to provide these opportunities to to our uh, our uh, female high school students to to get to experience it and and do that. Uh, you know, and our goal is to get to do that here in Wisconsin. Paul? Yeah, guys, I, I just want to personally thank you. This does, I was fortunate to be raised by parents that said, if you could play five sports, do them, because they always felt that an active kid was a good kid. Um, so I thank you for, for getting this initiative going. I, I see nothing but an upside to this. Um, I think Tom Swiddle, I was going to be coaching in the fall and in the spring. Uh, I think <laughs> you got the hair for it, Tom. Well, I do. You guys, Thank you very much. Even the ladies could kind of, you know, how do you going to put in a ponytail and things like that? <laughs> I don't. I they would want to shave me. Yeah, um, I'll have to think about that. Yeah, maybe I'll do coaching in the spring if that um, comes up. But I can tell you, somebody like Chelsea Alt at Sun Prairie West would be a much better candidate um, to do that than myself for sure. And I want to echo what Paul said, uh, you know, Tom and, and Ryan, thank you so much for being a part of the WFCA podcast. Uh, so, you know, we are going to be our next podcast. We are actually going to uh, interview Chelsea Alt from Sun Prairie Re uh, West and uh, Greg Roman from Milwaukee Reagan High School, who participated in your event April 1st, Ryan. And I have to tell you, I, 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 talked, to, I, I talked to Chelsea at the clinic. And she and I exchanged a couple of texts prior to the clinic. And, um, you know, when, you know, we got to get together, we got to talk. I want to see if you could come on our podcast, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, when we finally did talk, it was after Luke Fickle's talk and we finally met. I, I don't know that I've ever seen somebody as excited as Chelsea was to go up to Green Bay the very next day and participate in that. She was just bursting with pride that she had a team that was going to do that. And at the same time, and I can't remember this coach's name, but there was a, um, a woman coach from Verona whose team was not selected and um, for the Jamboree and, and 
Um, she was very disappointed, but very happy for Chelsea. So um, there's just so many good things happening with this, and it's due to all the things, Ryan, you're doing and all the things the Green Bay Packers and the NFL is doing. And, Tom, thank you so much for um, – you know, paving the way of how this stuff gets to, to work into a varsity sport and a tournament. You know, we always love your insight and in, in all of that. So, gentlemen, thank you very much. Anytime, guys. Yeah, thank you very much. Appreciate you having me. And for our listeners, as I already said, we're going to have a follow-up to this. We're still going to talk about girls' flag football, and I'm sure we're going to get uh, uh, many more um, stories from the Jamboree and as always, um, listeners, if you've got ideas that you want us to cover on on the on the uh, podcast, uh, questions or comments, don't hesitate to reach out to myself or Paul Novinsky or Tom Yashinsky, who wasn't able to be on today with us. But um, we're very interested in your thoughts. And so with that, goodbye, everybody, and thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.